Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is July 10th, 2020, which means I'm on day 209 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Park Wonsoon, ladies and gentlemen. Park Wonsoon. Is it a park somewhere that you hang out with children? Is it where you park your car? No, it's the mayor of Seoul, Korea, who apparently committed suicide. They don't say he did. They won't admit it. But I'm positive he did. The story goes like this. Now, first off, let's point out the fact that Americans and Koreans are very different in a specific way. The pride that they have with their families and friends and their social circles This guy was, it was uncovered that he had sent some sexual text messages to his secretary, which is a form of sexual misconduct in the eyes of politicians above him as he's the mayor of Seoul, Korea. And he didn't want people to find out that it was true and that he really did this. And he supposedly was a feminist and, you know, a a, a person who fought for people's rights to get to where he was as the mayor, and because of all this, he was embarrassed, he left a suicide letter, and he offed himself in the mountains. Now, some people are still investigating this as a homicide, but there's no point. It's clearly a suicide. In his handwriting, he left a suicide letter, and then he was gone. His daughter reported him missing on Thursday. They found him late Thursday night, and they you know, explained to the rest of the people looking on Friday morning that he had been found and he was dead. And you know what? There's a major difference between people in Korea and people in America in these in this regard. I mean, just think of Epstein and Weinstein, a lot of Steens, and even Cosby. These guys, you know, they they have done some sick and twisted stuff. When you compare them to this poor man who simply sent sexual text messages to his secretary. I mean, just think of all the messed up stuff basically every politician in America has done at some point. And yet still, they didn't off themselves like this guy did and leave a suicide letter. Well, according to some, Epstein did, but we're not positive about that. A lot of people think he was murdered. Either way, it just goes to show the difference in pride and personal heartache when something like this occurs between politicians of Korea and America. Well, I should say South Korea, because I'm pretty sure in North Korea anything goes if you're in a state of power, and nobody will ever leak the information out, or they'll get brutally murdered, and that's, you know, why it's so oppressed up there. But South Koreans clearly have this pride, and Park Wonsoon is no more on account of some sexual text messages to his secretary. Well, folks, these avocado hacks, why is everything a hack? You know, you're not hacking an avocado unless you're chopping it or unless it's a computer that you, you know, break down the firewall of to get inside. But apparently this new hack for avocados, trending on TikTok, of course, is even better than sitting an avocado in a bucket with a onion 
that supposedly keeps it fresh for longer. This one is a Tupperware with a thin layer of water on the bottom. And the avocado half that you're trying to save and keep from browning, you then place half sliced side down into the water just enough to submerge the cut side into the water fully where the rest of the avocado is somewhat still exposed. And then you got to top your Tupperware with either the lid itself or plastic wrap, whatever. And apparently for several days, it'll remain good. And they even showed a video of it on TikTok, of course, that's now gone viral. And this lady apparently did it and then showed what the avocado looked like later. And it was still fairly fresh. It had a couple teeny veins of brown in it, I must admit. But if it was days later, then I gotta say, it works pretty well. Because days later, generally speaking, the avocado's garbage and I gotta throw it away. And I'm always disappointed. Like, I forgot about this. Why didn't I eat this a few hours later? Well, because I don't want to eat an entire avocado to myself throughout one day. That's crazy. But in this case, it does work. A half avocado can be submerged partially in water, cut side in, and covered with plastic wrap. And there you go. Another new avocado saving hack. The water will turn brown, and you'll think that means the avocado's no good. But that's not what it means. It just means somehow the brownness that would have been there got sucked away by the water. And you've got yourself a half fresh avocado to eat. Delicious. I personally love them. I know some people don't like avocados at all. I didn't like them when I was young. I thought my parents were weird. I would see my dad straight up bust an avocado in half and scoop it and eat it. And I would just think that was so disgusting. But I flat out will do that now if it's nice and fresh and if there's some salt on it. Because, I don't know, the nuttiness of it is just somewhat addicting. But I personally prefer an avocado on bacon in some way, some combo of bacon and avocado, the best two things. Maybe it's the saltiness of the bacon that complements the avocado so much. Or on a burger, or on just basically any type of sandwich, especially, like I said, if there's bacon. An 80-year-old doctor wants us all to live longer. Now this guy, he just surpassed the average lifespan of an American, which is 786 and he's pretty proud of himself in the fact that he still functions, he says, perfectly. And even some of his interns who want to be doctors super young are not as sharp as he. And he blames it all, or says the contributor to this, is these five aspects of life that he lives by. These five rules that have got him to the age of 80 and wants everyone else to join him. And thinks it's very important. And I'm going to explain to you what each one is. The very first one on his list is to eat like a Greek. Yes, like a Mediterranean individual living off of high fatty fish like salmon and tuna and things like that. But not eating as much red meat and things that we normally eat here in America. No fast food, stuff like that. Instead, fresh fruit and vegetables and fresh fish that are high in fatty acids that contribute to lowering your chances of heart disease and cardiovascular problems, as well as extra virgin olive oil instead of butter. Here in America, we like butter. 
We use butter for a lot of things. Cut out the butter, switch it with extra virgin olive oil. It'll be a major contributor to a healthier diet and lifestyle, which could very well lead you to live longer. Number two on his list is if you smoke or if you don't smoke, continue to not smoke. Smoking is a major contributor, obviously, with lung cancer, emphysema, problems with stroke and heart disease and all these things. Smoking just causes a lot of issues. Vaping, also not good for you. So one of his major rules is not to smoke. If you do smoke even one cigarette a day, they say, it can chop off years of your life. Now that's crazy to think about. I don't really smoke that much weed, but I do smoke maybe about a bong hit a day. And now this guy's making me worried that that's chopping off years of my life. But apparently if you quit smoking, within a year, you could reduce your risk of stroke. And within five years, you could be about as likely to have a stroke as somebody who never smoked at all. So there is light at the end of the tunnel on that. His third rule to remain healthy for an extended period of time is to get physical exercise daily. Get your heart rate going. Whether you're just going on a walk for 30 minutes a day or you're doing jumping jacks and aerobic exercises or you're lifting weights at a gym. Physical activity is good for your body. It helps the blood flow. It helps maintain a healthy figure. So it's all around a, a good thing. It's a positive thing. Might as well get some physical exercise out there. Listen to a podcast like mine while you're going for a jog, whatever. And that will ensure that one of the major rules that this guy lives by to extend life is being played out correctly because getting physical exercise is a major contributor in living longer. Number four is surprising to me. It's keeping up with your doctor visits in such a way that you catch any little problem you may have, which I, th I think we all do anyways. You know, if there's something wrong with us, we go to the doctor. Some people maybe put it off until it's like, you know, you can't take it anymore. You got a pain in your knee and you're like, oh man, I, this pain is so bad, but I don't want to be a bitch. I'm not going to waste my time at the doctor. A few months later, it's still there. You're like, all right, I have to go. Then they give you a brace, you work through it, and possibly it goes away. In the case of my foot, it's still injured from last year in November when I twisted it or fractured it or whatever I did during a race when I was running a half marathon, I continued to run the race and finish it up, and I didn't give up. And lastly, on his list of five things to do to remain healthy and to live longer is mental health. Keeping your mental health at a positive level so that if you're dealing with depression, you got to figure that out and get it dealt with. And if you have social anxiety you got to get yourself some friends, talk to somebody online, whatever you got to do, find an outlet. If you're stressed all the time, you need to find some time to do like yoga or some sort of breathing exercises or something that is meditation of some kind for your mind to get over this amount of stress. Because according to him, stress can, can take away up to 32 years of your life. Yes, mental health issues can chop a person's lifespan down by 32 years. Now, I don't know where that random number comes from, but I'm trying to live another 32 years. 
I mean, I'm only 34, so that's almost my whole life. Now, I am usually in a constant state of stress and not really depression, but anxiety of some kind. So I need to work out my mental issues and figure them out. And that's one of my main issues is that and the Mediterranean Mediterranean diet thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not even close on that. I eat like an American, a lot of breads, a lot of meat, not so much on the fruits, a lot of vegetables. Yes, I'm a, I'm a veggie fan. I just started getting into them more, especially during this pandemic. I had time to figure out better ways to prepare them in ways that I enjoy. And I got to say, folks, live by these five rules, please. I want you all to live as long as possible. I want to live as long as possible with you. Let's do this together and work on these five things to stay healthy. I forgot to put my phone on silent while I recorded this podcast, and I got a lot of messages during this last segment, and it probably sounded really dumb, and that is causing me stress, which is making number five chop years off of my life. I'm kidding, but seriously, let's do these five things together and live long and prosper. Now, folks, as you know, Comic-Con, well, San Diego Comic-Con, I should say San Diego first, because a lot of people think that their version of Comic-Con is the big one. It's not. San Diego Comic-Con is the biggest one in the world, absolutely. So, hands down, there's nothing that can touch the San Diego Comic-Con, except COVID-19, which destroyed it and completely swept it away this year. However... A virtual version of San Diego Comic-Con is still taking place from July 22nd to July 26th, which can be viewed certainly on YouTube and probably many other outlets and media outlets out there. But I will say this. I'm not excited about this. It brings a ton of money usually to the city of San Diego. It makes people act crazy and have a good time. And the downtown area is just out of this world. My sisters go into it like crazy. And somehow, some way, they always end up hanging out with the impractical jokers and meeting other celebrities and taking their pics with them. And I have met some people at San Diego Comic-Con before. And it's just usually a really good time for the city of San Diego. And instead, it'll all be virtual with, I'm sure, Zoom meetings for the panels, answering questions, and all this other stuff that it's just not as fun as being live and right there. Now, don't get me wrong. Waiting for hours in line in the San Diego sun to get a glimpse of an actor from a TV show that just got popular is not personally my idea of fun anyway. But going into a massive, gigantic, never-ending hallway of... Sexy girl cosplay combined with free autographs and comic books and free all sorts of stuff that you can sell online and a bunch of people just having a blast and nerds everywhere showing the ultimate side of their nerdiness to me is a good time and I have enjoyed it myself personally inside Comic-Con, having gotten free tickets one year, and it was incredible. I had a blast, and I can't imagine if you were a nerd looking forward to that, how devastated you would be to know that it was it was taken away by the COVID-19. And I don't even know how 
the Comic-Con ticket refund scenario works. Because if you planned on coming to San Diego, and these people plan in advance like super far. For the most part, as soon as one Comic-Con ends, tickets for the next year go on sale like right then. And then people, you know, they just get in line for tickets. Like they get in some kind of online bidding war thing where they can figure out who's going to be the first to even allow themselves to buy tickets. It's like a crazy scenario to even obtain tickets at a relatively decent price before you have to buy them from somebody else off of eBay who jacked them up because that's their job each year is to buy tickets to things that people want and then sell them for a hundred bucks more. I understand that. That's a lucrative business. People can do that if they want. But I personally would never pay over like maybe at most a hundred bucks for a ticket and sometimes they're 250 bucks a piece. So Comic-Con is one of those things people wait all year round for. They get their ticket. Now they found out it's canceled, you know, a couple of months ago. And I mean, I don't know if they get refunds or if they just get another ticket for next year's Comic-Con, which they expect to have happen. But will it with all these spikes in covid cases around the united states some experts say it'll be two years before we get back to normal life two years that's way too long all i know is if you want to see comic-con and all its craziness you can look at past years and that's the best way to do it but if you want to watch this year's comic-con for free expect it to be nothing like the previous years and to be super lame and to be on from July 22nd to July 26th, check out their website for actual, you know, places to watch it and which TV stations might actually have coverage of it. I'm sure they have nothing else to cover because there's nothing. Everything's at a standstill. So I bet every major TV station wants a piece of this Comic-Con, which is just going to be, like I said, not even slightly as cool as the real thing. Well, folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I'm certain you generally skip ahead to because you don't care about anything else except the real stories. Brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankston Barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, I'm going to tell you the story about when my brother James had dated this girl named Nicole, and she was like... Just a wholesome, run-of-the-mill, goody-goody, really nice young lady who... I don't even know how he met her, but it was probably through work in some way. I think he, at that time, maybe worked at Winco or Starbucks. And this woman, Nicole, she was super nice, knew my family well. James dated her for quite some time, so my family got to know her. We thought they were a good match. And things were going really good between them until something crazy happened that, you know, I'm not positive about, but they ended up breaking it off and, you know, they didn't see each other for maybe about a year or something. But but very shortly after they broke off their relationship, and keep in mind, my brother James, when I was growing up, he was always a straight edge. You know, he didn't drink till he was 21, maybe a little bit underage, but not much. You know, he never smoked cigarettes or anything like that. Maybe like a year's worth of cigarettes. He dabbled in them, but he never really smoked. And he never smoked weed. Like, I don't even know if he smoked weed one time in his life. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure he has not. He's similar to my father in that way. Not a drug user or experimenter. No shrooms, you know, no, no heroin, meth, or any of the strong stuff. No cocaine, nothing like that. So he was sort of a straight edge, and we all assumed so was she. You know, they would even go to church together, and they just weren't partiers. And then something happened that broke them up. I wasn't positive about what it was. But I was a partier. Like, I started partying freshman year of high school was like when I really started getting hardcore into getting hammered drunk and being the life of the party and, you know, jumping off of a rooftop, doing a flip into a pool after slugging a whole bottle of MD 2020 and stupid crap like that. You know, I just went off the edge like big time. And one day I was with one of my buddies who was sort of a druggie and he said he was going to make some money off somebody who needed drugs. I was like, all right, I'll tag along with you, but you got to pay me 20 bucks or I'm not going there because he wanted, he, you know, he just wanted somebody with him in case he was going to get robbed or jacked or anything. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to get into some sketch scenario unless I get something out of it. So I told him you got to pay me 20 bucks. So he said, I'm a, I, I agree. I'll pay you 20 bucks. Uh, I'm going to make about a hundred off this transaction of whatever it was. I didn't even care, but I knew it was drugs. It had nothing to do with just weed. If it was just weed, I would have sold it to him. I sold weed for like many years, but this guy, he was going to get some drugs. Most people know him as fat Ryan. And now some people know him as skinny drugged out Ryan, but we end up at this super trashy apartment complex that you can just tell people who live there do drugs and we end up in like the dirtiest, filthiest looking one out of all of them. And we get to the door and this guy answers the door with like a machete. And he's like, you know, hurry up, get inside. And I'm like already freaked out. I'm like, all right, why would this guy answer the door with a machete? Who is he waiting for? Like who would have shown up to his house that he would have chopped into bits with a machete? And that's actually not even the first time that happened to me. But that's another story. So I get into this guy's house and... He doesn't look familiar to me at all. I've, I've never met this guy. And he tells me he's going to hook us up, but we got to go to his bedroom. So we go through his house that's like empty 40 bottles all over the place. It smells like sex and drugs and just alcohol and disgusting everything. But either way, I'm, I'm following my friend. I just want to get this over with so I can make my 20 bucks and never follow him to a place like this again. Because risking my life is clearly not worth a 20, but I didn't know how far this was going to go. We get into this guy's bedroom, and immediately upon walking into his room, I lock eyes with Nicole. She's sitting on this guy's bed, looking horrible, like she had been on a bender of drugs and liquor for like weeks at a time. And it hasn't even been that long since she had broken up with my brother James with their straight-edge, wonderful life of not doing drugs or anything together, just having a good time. And here she is on this guy's bed, wearing like one of his shirts or something, and looking like garbage. Her hair's all in disarray. She's pale. She looks like she has been on a bender, like drugged out. And she immediately gets red face of embarrassment and actually just flat-out says, Hi, Pete. Like, because she knows it's me, and she's embarrassed, and she's shocked that I'm there, and I'm also embarrassed. I don't want her to think that I'm, like, here to get myself drugs. I'm like, nah, I don't do drugs. I only ever smoked weed, did shrooms, 
and, you know, drank a ton of alcohol. But uh, whatever we were there to get, Fat Ryan was dealing with this guy personally, and she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and we're both, like, giving each other the look of, hey, I won't tell if you don't tell type scenario, because I don't want my parents even knowing I went to a drug house. But I'm sure she doesn't want James knowing that she's all drugged out now and went off the deep end after they broke up. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know, but I'm pretty positive that would make James laugh, but also make him have to at least, out of kindness, reach out to her and ask her what the hell is she doing. But I, you know, I suspected he didn't want anything to do with her after they broke up anyway, so I wasn't going to say anything. So we gave each other a look of I don't tell, you don't tell type scenario. And nothing ever came about this, I must admit. Except the knowledge that she was a flat-out junkie after dating my brother was was crazy. Because it turned out she ended up going to rehab. He found that out later. But I just, I am not surprised about that one at all, to be honest. And what's even crazier is my own brother's ex-wife also went to rehab, but for alcohol. So he was kind of joking about the fact that he gets women to go to rehab after breaking up with them. But either way, that's a whole nother long story. The fact of the matter was this chick, Nicole, became a junkie within a week of breaking up with my brother at a very young age. I scooted out of that place with my buddy real quick, told him about why the girl who was there I knew. like He, he was wondering, too. He heard her say, hi, Pete, in an embarrassed, weird tone. And my buddy was looking at me like, what? How do you know this junky-ass-looking chick? And I'm like, I'll tell you when we leave. So I told him. He was surprised as hell. I made my 20 bucks. And the lesson to be learned here is to not enter a drug house for any reason. Especially if you're not getting yourself drugs. I mean, if you're getting yourself drugs, then I guess you don't have a choice. But if you're just tagging along to make a quick dollar and somewhat, you know, at least witness if your buddy gets murdered. Well, that's a bad scenario as it is. And then you see somebody you know, and that makes things even more awkward. I hope you appreciate the stories I tell on the Peter Gabbett podcast, folks, because I basically unveiled a lot of my life to you over this past couple of months, or well, a few months. I mean, it's been a while. I'm already on episode 209. You know, I've got less than 160 left to go. So bear with me, stick with me. You'll know every aspect of my life. You'll be able to write a book about me if you want. And you probably will not win any sort of prize for the book about me. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, early in the beginning episodes of my podcast, I know I played this song at the very end, but for any of you that are new, you probably haven't heard it then, and if you haven't heard this at all, I must spread it around because it is hilarious, and I know you know the cover that is done for for this song from the original beat, which is this LL Cool J song. But this song is called I Need Drugs by Necro. And it describes the girl who I saw at that drug house. And actually, it is a hilarious song. You have to listen. Here is I Need Drugs by Necro.
When I come home from work, I'm fiending for an eight ball. I got crack on my mind. I'm hearing cocaine call, telling me to beep the dealer to deliver me stuff. Keep it a secret from my wife, cause she thinks I don't use drugs. There I was, bleeding from my nose, and damn, I couldn't breathe. But I'm still thinking about the next gram. It's Friday night. I'm not trying to leave my crib, dude. I kill myself while the dealer's eating Japanese food. I ain't got no pride while buying the shit. I'm lying to myself, telling the runner I'm trying to quit. It's all make believe. I'll pretend that I'm true. And when you give me credit, I'll dodge you every chance that I get to. Even if it's good, I'll sniff it up in a minute. Beep you back and complain that you put too much cut in it. If you fall for that and bring me a new sack, I'll be making more crazy faces than Jim Carrey on crack. Cause yo, I'm ripped. I owe you loot. Plus I annoy you. I deserve to be murdered, but the coke is doing it for you. I got nerve. Can you put them pills on my bill? Yo, I'll tell you we're friends and yo, we don't even chill. I need drugs. Thank you. 